Well, hello, hello, and welcome back for another episode of Blue Family Unity. I'm your host, Elsa Kurt. You're part of the law enforcement family. This is your show. Here we talk about all things Leo family life. The good, the bad, the funny and the sad, and everything in between. Exploding across America, defunding the police is causing even more chaos and increased crime in communities we live, work, and raise our families. We need your support to refund the police. Your donations will go toward the development of a national media advertising blitz to rally Americans who are sick and tired of the attacks on law enforcement. So donate today and help refund the police. All right, guys, today we've got a we've got a bunch of things to talk about. So many things going on. What else is new, right? It would be really, really weird if there was nothing going on. It'd also be pretty peaceful, but um, that's not the case. So let's jump right into it. We're heading over to Pardon My Preach. It's time for Pardon My Preach. All right, guys, pardon my preach, but I have got something on my mind here and I want to share it with you. So, you know, or at least you should know by now that I use my platform to advocate and support the good men and women of law enforcement. It should go without saying that my support does not extend to those who dishonor the badge. And, um, but I'm going to say it because people get confused. I guess people think that because you support police, that it means that you support the bad ones too. And that couldn't be further from the truth because as we know, no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop and a good cop's family. So hopefully we've got that clear for anyone who has any doubt or confusion about that. But of course we know there are people that are always going to say that and I say, screw them. But uh, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the bad cops. We're going to talk about the bad ones because honestly, I'm, I'm a little pissed off right now. Uh, there is a very well-known, very popular TikTok cop that uh, has been making some um, headlines, I guess we should say, in, in that social media world because he's being accused of sexual assault. Uh, and not just by one woman, but by several women. And uh, you know, so there's a couple levels here, but I'm going to go with the biggest one, the biggest issue that I have right now, right here. And that is, and we, and we use the term alleged because we don't know for sure. We don't know the true story, but here's what I'm going to say. If, if that is true, he's human garbage. Nobody wants him. Nobody supports him. Nobody, no decent person, no good cop, no good family, no good human support anyone doing the things that he is accused of doing. You are a blight to the law enforcement family. We despise you because you bring down everyone with you. So you really should just go the hell away. You know, we want anyone who is doing these things, doing anything to misrepresent or badly represent law enforcement. We want them gone just as much as anyone else. Now, having said that, 
I also want to state the obvious that they are entitled to uh, a, a trial if need be, uh, or for, you know, their side of the story to be told as well. You know, I know we have this whole thing about believing victims. And of course, if somebody's a victim, um, they deserve to be heard and, and believed, but there's also investigations that have to happen. Allegations have to be proved. So until that happens, we don't know the full story. And that would go with any uh, officer involved incident that we need to know the full story before we make our judgment. So that's the biggest part uh, that I want to make clear. I do not support or tolerate bad cops. It's, it is that simple. Now that I've got that off my chest, I want to talk about idolizing strangers, idolizing people at all, to be honest with you. We got to stop doing that, okay? No human being really that I can think of is worthy of idolization, okay? They're humans. They are, we're designed to fail. Idolizing strangers is a recipe for disaster. And particularly, idolizing people that you see on social media and don't know anything about other than what they show on social media. We have no idea what goes on in the personal lives of other people. There's a saying about don't ever meet your idols and with good reason because they will probably disappoint you. You know, if you need somebody to idolize, how about being or becoming the person that you would idolize. Just do that instead. Don't idolize people, strangers. It's not going to turn out well. And there you have it. I've said my piece. Don't be a shitty cop and don't idolize strangers. Let's get on over to our headlines. All right, guys, our first headline comes out of Texas, the Astro World Festival deaths. It is just absolutely horrific what went on there. We've got some video for you that is uh, very disturbing, very upsetting. Take a look. The headliner of that festival, Travis Scott, spoke out on Saturday saying that he, that he is absolutely devastated by what took place on Friday night. Officials said scores of individuals were also injured after a crowd surge at the festival, which Scott founded three years ago. A 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, two 21-year-olds, two 23-year-olds, a 27-year-old, and one person of an unknown age died. 25 people were transported to the hospital and 13 remained hospitalized, including five people under the age of 18. Chief of Police Troy Finner confirmed on Saturday that there were reports of possible drug spiking. He said that while they are investigating the possible drug spiking incident, other victims were clearly trampled. There are also reports that a security officer in the area reported feeling a prick in his neck before losing consciousness. Medical personnel reported administering Narcan and were able to revive him. 
Medical staff who treated the officer noticed a mark that could have been from an injection. It also says that apparently 11 people who were transported to the hospital were in cardiac arrest. There are a lot of disturbing videos out from this festival, from this uh, terrible incident. And uh, there's a lot of speculation, too, about the uh, satanic ritual vibe that was going on during this concert. And just by the theme of of this concert, uh, it's pretty, pretty disturbing. All right, guys, our second headline is about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Last August, when Rittenhouse was 17 years old, he was arrested for fatally shooting two men and injuring a third during a protest-turned-riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This is 100% self-defense, Tucker. Rittenhouse's lawyer, John Pierce, has taken the case public on Fox News. He was uh, in imminent uh, uh, danger of serious bodily harm or death. According to the Daily Wire, there are legal experts saying that Kyle Rittenhouse has a strong self-defense claim. He's facing life in prison, charged with five felony counts and one misdemeanor, including first-degree reckless homicide, two counts of first-degree reckless endangering safety, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, and possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. Rittenhouse pleaded not guilty back in January. Most recently in the court trial, a man shot by the then 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse admitted in court on Monday that he was pointing a gun at Rittenhouse when the teen fired. This looks to be yet another blow to the prosecution. You can follow this story over on the Daily Wire or on Law Enforcement Today. And in our third and final headline, we have Blue Lives Murder Apparel appears for sale on Amazon. Law enforcement demands its removal. Amazon has come under fire by law enforcement for allowing a third party to use its e-commerce platform to sell Blue Lives Murder merchandise. In a letter sent to Amazon's chief financial officer, The Detectives Endowment Association demanded that the company stop allowing its disgusting merchandise to be sold, arguing that it puts cops at peril and at risk. At the time of this article, there is no word back from Amazon whether they will discontinue selling the line. You can check out this story and more over on The Daily Wire. All right, guys, it's time to find out what you're not going to see in the mainstream news. That's right. It's time for Not in the News. Here we go. In Newton County, Georgia, an off-duty Fulton County Sheriff's deputy and her brother were shot and killed. The incident is apparently related to a domestic violence situation. Deputy Shakima Jackson was off-duty when she was shot and killed, allegedly by her husband. Jackson's brother, Lavoie Brown, was also shot and killed. Thankfully, the Jackson's 17-month-old child was not injured. We send our sympathies to Shakima Jackson's family and to the Fulton County Sheriff Department. All right, guys, after all that, we need some good news, right? Here's a really sweet story out of New Zealand. A four-year-old boy in New Zealand accidentally dialed the National Emergency Services number. When the police answered the call, he invited them to see his favorite toys. Naturally, they took him up on his offer. The Southern District Police posted on their Facebook page the 911 call. Hello. 
French lady. Yes, what's going on? Um, I tell you something. You can tell me something. I got some toys for you. You got some toys for me? Yep, come over and see them. Whereabouts are you? <laughs> Sorry? Hello? Hi there, so we've received a 111 call. I'm guessing it was a mistake, child making a mistake there? Yeah, yeah, oh. I thought it was a mother's son. Oh, bless him. So just confirming there's no emergency at all? No, there's not. Awesome. Um, I was fixing the other child. No problem at all. He was just talking about his toys. That's no problem at all. You guys have a good rest of your day. Com schools for any units free to eat it. There is a four-year-old there who is wanting to show police their toys. So. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll take it. Roger, thank you. They said, while we don't encourage children to call 911 to show us their toys, this was too cute not to share. All right, our third and final story that you may not have heard in the mainstream news is about the Let's Go Brandon banner being flown by plane over last weekend's Georgia-Missouri football game. As you may or may not know, the origin of the Let's Go Brandon chant comes from here. Unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, Let's Go Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there? NASCAR is now trying to distance themselves from the chant. Based on its popularity, I think it's here to stay. All right, we've got a pretty incredible story out of Lexington, Kentucky. A teen girl was saved by police after using a TikTok domestic violence hand signal. Now, if you're not part of the TikTok universe, well, first of all, you're missing out. It's pretty entertaining and mostly because I'm on there. Kidding, not kidding. So listen, so an officer conducted a traffic stop and a subsequent investigation revealed the teenager had been reported missing by her parents days earlier. More charges are possible in the case involving a 16-year-old girl who used a hand signal popularized on social media to alert someone in another car that she needed help as a 61-year-old man drove her through Southern Kentucky. Officers with Laurel County's Sheriff's Office charged James Herbert Brick with unlawful imprisonment and in possession of material showing a sexual performance by a minor. The second charge was based on images that Brick of Cherokee, North Carolina, had on his phone. Officers continue to investigate the case and additional charges are possible. So uh, so what happened was, on November 4th, a driver going south on Interstate 75 called 911 and reported seeing a girl in a silver Toyota making hand gestures he recognized from the social media platform TikTok as a request for help, according to the news release. The gesture originated sometime last year during the coronavirus pandemic as a way for women stuck at home with abusive partners to silently signal for help during video calls. The gesture involves folding the thumb of one hand across your palm and covering it with the other four fingers. The driver on I-75 who spotted the girl using the hand signal followed the Toyota and gave police updates on its location. When 
when Brick exited the car, the sheriff's officer stopped him and arrested him. Police said the girl and Brick are acquaintances. She left North Carolina with him willingly at first, but after traveling to Ohio and then heading back south into Kentucky, she apparently began to fear for her safety at some point and started trying to get the attention of people in other cars. It wasn't clear how long the girl had been flashing the signal before the motorist recognized it. The girl was still making the signal as police in unmarked cruisers stopped Brick's car. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we, we criticize, myself included, we criticize social media platform all the time. And rightfully so. There's a lot of garbage that comes from social media, a lot of, lot of negativity, and it is in a lot of ways very destructive. But here is a case where something really good came out of it. I do remember seeing this hand signal during the height of the TikTok craze there when everybody was in lockdown and trapped in their homes with nowhere to go and nothing to do. That's actually when I started going on TikTok. That's when I discovered TikTok. You know, so I'm glad uh, there are times when these platforms are being used for good and something like this, a young girl gets rescued. Thankfully, because somebody was on TikTok. Go figure. So this is certainly one of those cases where something good has come out of social media. Another incredible story out of Florida this time, where officers had to break a window to save a man trapped inside a burning car. This happened in West Melbourne, Florida. A driver narrowly escaped with his life the other day as his car was engulfed in flames on the Space Coast in Florida. The horrifying incident was caught on camera with body cam footage, according to a Thursday Post from the West Melbourne Police Department. A Facebook post says that the officers from WMPD and the Palm Bay Police Department were already on site of a Hampton Inn regarding an investigation when they were alerted to the car on fire around 10.30 a.m. Flames were visible as the officers approached the vehicle, which appeared to have crashed, said the Facebook release. They also observed smoke billowing out, making it difficult for the officers to determine if anyone was inside. As they approached, they could hear someone calling for help. They have video footage as well. You can take a listen. Uh, let's see. The camera starts rolling as four cops surround the dark-colored SUV, its interior completely filled with white smoke. Where is he? Where is he? Can you get out? Come on, buddy. Get your phone. Come on. Come on, sir. Come on, give me a hand. Give me a hand. Come on, come on, come on, sir. You got to help me help you. Come on. Uh, after all that, the victim is dragged out onto the ground coughing. The agency said he was taken to a local hospital to treat his injuries and is in stable condition. Had it not been for the swift action of these officers, things may have ended differently, said the Facebook post which added that the four cops were also transported to a local hospital for smoke inhalation. Three were released and one had to stay for observation. The cause of the crash remains under investigation. Uh, so once again, another example of our police officers running towards the danger and rescuing somebody in need. So huge thank you to those officers, of course. In Calusa County, California, a 22-year-old slain police officer 
Natalie Corona, was memorialized with a highway in her name. It is a five-mile stretch of Interstate 5 honoring Natalie Corona, a 22-year-old officer who was killed in an ambush in 2019. Corona was a 22-year-old rising star in the Davis Police Department who had completed her field training just a few weeks before she was shot and killed by an armed suspect. Police Chief Darren Pytel had described the fatal shooting as an indiscriminate ambush that occurred on the evening of January 10th, 2019, near 5th and D Streets in downtown Davis. The officer was responding to a minor traffic collision when a gunman approached the area on bicycle fatally shooting Corona, then open-fired on vehicles and homes in the surrounding area, and then took his own life. Authorities identified Kevin Douglas Limbaugh, 48, as the man who shot Corona that night. Limbaugh was found dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot to the head in his nearby home. No one else was injured in the shooting. Corona was awarded a posthumous Purple Heart, as well as several other honors, including one named after Douglas Cantrell. All right, our final story in Not in the News is uh, an, an Alabama deputy revives a toddler from a fentanyl overdose. This happened in Jefferson County, Alabama. A one-year-old Fairfield girl nearly died from a fentanyl overdose, but was quickly revived by a Jefferson County Sheriff deputy who was armed with an antidote. Deputies were dispatched at 2.36 p.m. on Monday to a 911 call from a woman who was screaming that a child had overdosed. When the lawmen arrived at the residence in the 6400 block of Avenue D, they found the girl unresponsive on the floor. Witnesses told them that the child had ingested some illegal drugs, possibly fentanyl, and that she'd been unresponsive for about 30 minutes. Deputy Jordan Agui, 27, said the call came in at the start of the shift. When we entered the residence, we saw the one-year-old unresponsive on the floor, surrounded by family. When I first saw her, the only thing that was on my mind and everyone else's mind was just to preserve life, he said. At that point, we were willing to do anything to keep her alive and get her back breathing. Deputies began to try to resuscitate the child using the Narcan nasal spray. Moments later, the child began to breathe slowly. As soon as she started breathing, I was immediately happy, Agui said. I was grateful that we had Narcan. I was grateful for all the deputies and sergeants that came and assisted. I was grateful to the Fairfield Fire and Rescue to be there. I was grateful for Shoals Ambulance to get there so quickly. I was just grateful for everything. Whew, that gets me choked up just reading that. Take a listen. <laughs> The child was taken to Children's of Alabama, where she is reported to be in stable condition. The child's mother, 31-year-old Jeanette Lachey Bell, admitted that the child had accessed some of her drug paraphernalia and ingested it by putting it in her mouth. Bell is charged with chemical endangerment of a child. She was booked into the Jefferson County Jail. This wasn't Agui's first time administering Narcan. I've had times when it was successful and I've had times when it wasn't, he said. This was just one of the good days. He said he's thankful to be able to carry Narcan. We go to a lot of scenes where there are overdoses and we find people unresponsive and Narcan does the trick a good bit of the times. I'm grateful we have that tool on our belt. Let's take a moment to 
remember the human side of policing that this officer, and I don't know this, but um, this officer is, you know, it's good likelihood that he is a father himself, that he has children. And uh, just the obvious statement is that he's a human being. And this was a one-year-old child, unresponsive and potentially dying. And these are the types of things that our men and women in law enforcement respond to on a daily basis, and they don't always have this outcome. The The emotional stress and trauma from that is unimaginable for most of us, and that is just a part of the job for them. So I, for one, have a huge debt of gratitude to them every day for what they do and what they might have to do and the things that they have to see. So God bless our law enforcement. All right, guys, that is it for today's show. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next time on Blue Family Unity with Elsa Kurt. And remember, united we thrive. The Blue Family Unity Show was created, written, and produced by Elsa Kurt. Music written and produced by Dan Tracy. If you would like to be a guest on the Blue Family Unity Show, contact bluefamilyunity at gmail.com.